question, something that has been given to you, you know, by your upbringing, by your environment, by people around you when you were younger, uh, the habitual patterns that people have and do, and things that they haven't critically questioned, questioned or analyzed. And it's important because, you know, I've had this come up a few times this week just trying to describe myself and having to put myself on a, on a label or a box and I really, you know, again, just don't feel that that's necessary and that we can upgrade our language in a way that describes what it is that we're trying to achieve in a better way that actually resonates with the wider group. Not necessarily because that's the goal, is to get a wider group involved, but, you know, that if, if you do feel like you have something tangible, or you have a mission, or you have a goal, something that you're trying to achieve, um, it's always good to do an up and down view of how it aligns with your worldview overall. A lot of the time, like, we can get off on so many other things, we can get off in so many directions, doing so many things thinking that because there's a lot of motion, a lot of activity, you know, that we're moving forward with how, you know, the overall thing should be, or we just become apathetic to how things are, and end up dealing with the way things are, not really ever realizing how to make sense of why, you know, things keep happening a certain way, or why we can't seem to get over this certain hurdle or this certain hump. Here, let's just put that down there. And even when explaining things to others and not being as effective as we could be, or we feel like we can be, or should be, and I think that's an important question that I started out with, and I did try to record this on a walk and talk, but it was windy, and I had my task cam out, and I'm reviewing the files on there. It doesn't look like I hit the record button correctly, so. I have a little bit of a drive here. It's gonna be a little shaky. But I think it's really important especially those who are trying to get involved, trying to become more active, trying to become more effective at this whole quote-unquote freedom thing. Or, at this point, like, mitigating a lot of the problems that are arising around us and realizing that, you know, instead of just being a free mouse out on the land, like, you suddenly you realize you're a free mouse in a lab rat experiment who now has to work his way through the maze to try to maintain any semblance of what life used to be like. You know, one example would be, I hear there's an app in Australia and being rolled out in all across the world and in the United States where you can go and download this government app and turn on certain things on your phone to get notified of people around you that have COVID or if you have COVID you can let people know that you're 
that they've come in contact with somebody who's had COVID or that's not tested. And the direction that this is heading, you know, I think it's important to understand, going back again, the worldview of the people that are pushing for that kind of a thing. And that they may have, you know, certain belief systems that aren't in alignment with how other people, you know, want to live their lives. But they're so gung-ho and so desperate, it seems, that they've already started to roll out, you know, methods where this start sort of thing can start to be put in place. And I think this is where, you know, if you this is one of those things where, yeah, going back to your worldview, if your worldview says that, you know, that you're a free will human being who can make their own decisions, has the ability and the responsibility to think for themselves and to make decisions for themselves, and when they are, you know, in, in the role of a responsible for other people or being responsible for other people, such as like a parent or an influencer or a leader, can help influence the decision making. Obviously, in the example of a child, it's quite obvious, but others around them as well, even adults who are influential, should have the ability to continue to express their free thoughts and express their you know free will in the in the in the ability to act and speak as long as they're not you know causing a lot of uh, suffering and harm or any suffering and harm with their actions they should be able to continue to be able to do those things but there's another world view that says no you know everything has you know, some ability to think and, and to act, but it needs to be controlled, it needs to be guided, it needs to be directed, and if somebody doesn't want to do those things, then we have ways to get around that. Or if somebody has their own agenda and just wants to be left the hell alone and live a life the way that they see fit, uh, there's a collective out there that needs to be protected. There's a whole threat to the collective board mind, or the health of the board, the health of the group and the collective, that this individual, you know, cannot be left outside of the board agenda. And there's almost, there's a war on, going on between these two sides, between collectivism and individuality or being an individual against the self. It's really going back to what we've discussed many times, the escape from the true responsibility of being a self. Having one's own philosophy, not just like a, in a willy-nilly sort of way, but being able to take the greats and understand what they were trying to say and then incorporating that challenging it, questioning it, seeing where the mistakes were and trying to correct those things if possible. 
problem is, is that you can't even legitimately call what most people have and the way that they, they spew their garbage nonsense. You can't even look at that as having a worldview. Sorry, I'll just try to correct that. You know, just accepting what you've been told your whole life or not questioning the things that were instilled from a young age, the programming, say from public school, or the way that the government basically, you know, is able to control the narrative. If you look at the media or the ways that people are programmed, essentially. That's not legitimate even to call a worldview. It's just called mind control. Mind control is when people uh, just repeat what other people tell them without thinking about it for themselves or without putting it up against reality and seeing if it holds up or putting it up against other people who think differently and seeing if it holds up. You know, something a lot of people are trying to get rid of right now. If there's a different opinion, we got to get rid of it. we got to attack it. We can't have that there. We can't have these people challenging the mainstream narrative. It's dangerous. You know, having no clue that that's far more dangerous than having someone with a different opinion out there who might be effective, even have people who follow him on thinking, you know. Well, that's up to them. That's up to those people to learn the hard way if there's something untrue that they're accepting, you know, or some figure that they're holding up on a high pedestal that's got all the information and everybody needs to do exactly what that person says and say the same things and do the same things. You know, work alongside those people if you can. If there's something out there that you found that, you know, needs to be brought up and talked about with other people and it's really important and that that information is something that, you know, if only the world knew about this type stuff, then refine it, you know, live it and do it yourself and then if that work is that important you can also align yourselves yourself with the people that are out there doing that work and attempt to do it with them and see how things go but it's also important to continue on your own path to continue to discover you know the things that you're effective at the things that you want to do and explore different avenues in your own way but again to call a lot of people's uh, underlying worldview, the underpinning things that they accept to build up how they see the world, you can't even call it that because they're not doing that. They're not, they are actually not going through that process and understanding even that they have a worldview and they're just right because, and there's a lot of, you know, evidence of that that they can point to with their clicks and their other, other people saying the same thing. But again, it's, it's mind control to just have accepted belief systems that haven't been challenged and questioned and critically analyzed. And that's more or less what the majority of people have, is mind control. They're just garbage in, garbage out. And even if it's some, some of the things they have are correct and true, a lot of it's still just accepted based on a childhood upbringing, what people before them thought. And I'm not saying like that we should radically change everything and radically change everybody's thoughts and, and, and that nothing has been correct. Uh, you know, no, I'm not saying that at all. There have been a lot of great minds. There have been a lot of 
brilliant people on this planet, and what we usually do is suppress them and get rid of them. <laughs> you know, we have to hide them behind the door, hide them when when people come over in the house, and you know, on the grand scale, we have to hide that from the, the people who could become too powerful and too, you know, they could do too much with this information. So the greats, you know, the Nikola Tesla, the Walter Russells of the world, the people that did have uh, the ability to massively shift the paradigm from like a slave planet uh, into something a lot more free and beautiful are always perceived as a threat, a threat to the hive, you know? It's like someone's attacking the queen in the, in the beehive. All the soldiers come out and have to to run the strategies to and defense strategies, you know, which is a lot more propaganda and everything. So it makes you wonder in 2020 with all the propaganda, with all the lies, with all the narratives that are falling apart and the fear and panic and the shutting down of the economy and the psychological warfare, basically the information weapon that was released this whole pandemic, scandemic thing. It's been interesting to think about why now. Why is it being ramped up so heavily now? It's a cyclical thing. I mean, it's a continuous uh, strategy. The FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt strategy. Uh, basically just continue to traumatize and fill the masses with fear as much as possible. That's that's the ongoing technique. I mean, that's the game plan. That It's not that difficult to figure out. That fear is a deep, underlying psychological, you know, truism that people that... people are easily controlled through their fear. And it can be the amygdala response, a reptilian brain type response to the environment. And there are people that know a lot of techniques and tactics to be able to get in there and manipulate that amygdala response to, to play upon this in order to get you to behave a certain way. And, you know, to not even be able to understand that there is this kind of lab rat experiment slave planet situation going on I think is, is part of the inability to go within and question your own beliefs because it couldn't be that all of the whole base level thing is incorrect you know starting at the top if you, there's something threatening in the environment that seems to be you know a little bit strange <laughs> like let's say like a, a mass uh, terror attack broadcast all over the TV the 2000s, way by uno uno, whatever. That is a form of mass mind control and ritual abuse, and it keeps people locked down into that fear mechanism response, and they'll believe all kinds of narratives and things that people come in with. And there's somebody out there who calls it problem, reaction, solution. It's the typical Hegelian dialectic. A problem, reaction, solution. 
just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just like to make fun of British people. That's all. <laughs> um, you know, David Icke. And the he Hegelian dialectic, I think, has it's been misused. It's been miscategorized. It's been abused. Uh, I think it's confused a lot of people about Hegel and his work and how important it is. And but the problem reaction solution is definitely a technique. I mean, it's sort of like the 33rd motto, uh, the 33rd degree Mason little tagline, whatever you want to call it, is order of chaos, order out of chaos. Right? So there are builders of our society, and I also thought that was interesting that there was all this brick headlines everywhere with the bricks. The bricks are being planted everywhere. Well, who, who builds with bricks? And what do they build? What do the dark masons of this world build? Well, they're building uh, their one world utopia, don't you know? But we've got to get rid of this old lingering stuff that's being so problematic and all the philosophy of the West that has been so problematic in our plans. Or maybe it's brought it in. You know, as Marx discussed and wrote about that, there would be an ebb and a flow of this sort of freedom and sort of similar to the like French Revolution mechanics of manipulated revolution into a certain end, right? Into, oh, the solution, problem, reaction, solution, mate. Don't you know? Oh, we've got this problem of unrest and people getting all tiddly-biddly about their rights and whatnot. We better bring in a, a, new, a new thing called democracy. So instead of the face of the central figure, kings and queens and whatnot. I mean, we'll still keep them around, you know, just in case. Just to keep a little bit of the game running on that side. But we'll, we'll create this Fabian network of controllers who are the, the elitist and the most eugenically purified to control and manipulate the masses. I'm not even sure where this accent is going at this point. It's definitely not Ike. It's gone, it's gone like, you know, North Ireland. Just kidding, I don't know. Sorry, being horribly offensive to everybody. I understand. <laughs> if you knew me better, you'd know I just like have to joke around a little bit, you know? That's all. It's just a little... It's just a little making a problem with me and creating a solution here. Wait, but you're not ready for the solution, that's all. You're just not ready yet for it, mate. So yeah, the, I thought that was interesting with the bricks and, uh, you know, just tying that in my own way, like, doesn't even have to do anything with that. It could just be a psyop, it could just be fake. Yeah, at this point, it's really hard to tell with all the propaganda. And so I've basically just turned it off. Like, yeah, it's pretty bad out there and I've got a lot of work to do and a lot of things that I need to get done and I gotta go be productive. And there's a lot of things that I want to accomplish that... Uh, yeah, they, there's a lot of plans out there that aren't in, in alignment with what I want to do, so let's just keep working on the things that need to be done to get the things done that need to be done. You know what I mean? Know what I mean? So, yeah, 
it's important. I think again, episode four in the Corbett reports, uh, Bill Gates. He's got to expose Bill Gates, you know, because he's he's the only key figure to expose here. They should have done the thirteenth day on exposing eugenicists worldwide, you know, or pedophilia worldwide day. Exposing social Darwinist Council on Foreign Relations roundtable Milner groups worldwide. But I guess, you know, exposing Bill Gates is good. It's just, you know, if, if there is a mass uprising against Bill Gates or they lock him up or something, it'll, it's just a play to, to make it seem like there's something being affected, you know. And he's just a pawn, like I said. He's, just, he's not like a central key player on, a, on the chessboard. He's sort of just like a, an, he is an exchangeable piece of a network that can continue on well without Gil Bates and, and Melinda there. Right. So, but the worldview part and going back and questioning and understanding the worldview of a eugenicist or someone who comes from a family lineage, because again, a lot of those people are just you know, believing what they've been told by, you know, the circles that they grew up in, you know, it's, and it, it, it's evil, and there's pure evil occurring on this planet, uh, but they may not even understand, like, the things that they're doing, you know, to the full extent. Now, if they do, and they still are able to continue to do some of the things that they do, like, like Bill Gates with harming as many people as he did in like India and just kind of pragmatically like assessing the numbers and or like Dick Cheney like I'm not concerned with those statistics of you know those people that were killed at the hands of the United States military those are just numbers like we're still you know still got what we needed or you know that kind of worldview is is evil I mean that's straight up psychopathic And it definitely leads into a lot more about, like, well, how does that happen? And, like, how do people become psychopathic? Or are they born that way? Are they bred that way? Can you be controlled to be, or manipulated into being psychopath? And I had an episode on that in the Creature of Control. Episode 1 was on psychopathy and discovering it, more or less. Like, going down a little bit of a discovery path not far enough enough in depth but I think it was like three and a half hours four hours of back then my version of just creating like an audio podcast series and now you know we need to really turn up the volume we need to expose psychopathy we need to expose debunked worldviews you know go in there sort of like with a surgeons type tactical maneuver and expose the roots of these worldviews that cause and are creating and are being generated to induce more fear, more manipulation and more control and more suffering on, on this planet. You know, but also realizing that it's not necessarily about saving the masses and that, you know, the masses may never come around and be saved. And, you know, what What about others? And what about people that can see and do know what's going on? you got to wonder where the loopholes are. Where are the workarounds? 
and work in those areas, I think, you know, it's important. And, you know, become at peace with knowing that most people are, are not, like, legitimately fully believing in the things. Well, they might believe it in sort of a low, a lower sense or a roundabout belief that's not really, again, well thought about or well questioned. So, you know, we can assist them in growing through uh, the discovery of some of their sort of more hollow and uh, no backing to claims and thoughts and beliefs about things. And that could be done in a variety of ways and manners and a lot of it could just be that more information needs to be refined in a way that's more deliverable. That could be a technique. But, you know, for the most part, we're drowning in the information. We, we have plenty of facts about how to... Plenty of facts, plenty of th theories even, and plenty of other ways that we could be doing things that have been discovered already that just aren't being implemented. And so, you know, really just taking it down grades of other people's work that have been done and that are here now helping to do this and refining and living and doing, you know, what you can do in your own way. And that might be raising healthy children or taking care of stray dogs or, you know, fostering pets or getting into gardening or whatever it is. Uh, one of the things that I really want to do is help people produce meaningful content and get it out there and uh, help them with the technical side of that as well as uh, refining my own techniques and creating an environment and a learning place for that type of activity to go on. And uh, I know that there's a lot of people out there that feel like that their voices aren't being heard in a way that's as effective as they wanted to when they first got into creating uh, online content and things like that. And I'll be the first to say that there's a lot to it. There's a lot to the whole thing. There has to be a strategy behind it. There has to be a team. There has to be, you know, a product to sustain the project. There has to be a goal. There has to be a vision. There has to be people that are willing to put in overtime. There has to be people that are willing to put in more than overtime. And a lifetime commitment um, into bringing something about. And I'm just happy to say that there are people out there like that working on things that um, can bring about a, a change and a true, you know, vision of the world that's, you know, much freer and does incorporate the philosophy of liberty and uh, the philosophy of freedom. And it doesn't involve, you know, complete negation of one's own responsibility and one's own accountability and integrity and living in excellence. And what kind of a beautiful thing that we could bring about? That's the question, you know. What is possible? And I'm telling you that the way that things are and the paradigms that are being in, put in place and instilled and carried out here now are not <laughs> the only way that things could be. And uh, I'm just happy to be along for the ride and happy to know that there are people out there that you can work with and you don't have to be an expert on every little thing if there is a big project that you want to work on and get out there. And of course the group that I'm talking about is Autonomy and the Autonomy Unlimited um, group of people that are also working right alongside there and in the Autonomy course and just seeing how things are going. But beyond that, you know, there's plenty of other opportunities going on as well in life to be able to 
you know, help heal and help uh, uplift the situation instead of just the fear and the propaganda about how we're all going to die and everybody's sick and, you know, the whole thing's falling apart and, you know, there may be a a very hard time coming down upon us, but I think that the way that that's going to unfold is going to be positive in the end. I think people are going to step up to the plate. Um, I'm not like a cheerleader, like thinking like I'm just going to cheer everybody on and everything's going to work out. Um, I actually do, you know, network and work with quite a few people who are a lot more realistic about the future, how things are going to go. And yeah, it doesn't look like we're going to have a pain-free, you know, completely safe ride here going forward. But uh, there is a lot of positive things happening and a lot of work that can be done and plenty of things to be motivated by to get that work done. So, again, I guess we'll have to do more of a in-depth discussion on worldview analysis and uh, philosophy and the history of philosophy. We'll have more people on the show, like this week's guest, Michael Pendergast, who I'll have that interview out soon. It was a very interesting conversation. Some people in the autonomy group did join us for that. So, uh, that'll be an interview I'll have out this week, as well as some other projects on the horizon that... Uh, I don't have the ability to discuss quite yet because there's still some things fermenting and molding and being ma- and manifesting, uh, but really exciting things and really exciting new people to work with and help uh, with their projects as well as some projects that I have in the works. So, uh, yeah, this has been another drive and talk from TylerBlower.com. Today I did do a walk and talk and I think something got goofed up with that, so uh, we'll just uh, stick with this good old uh, Yoda. Walk and talk in the in the tizzy. You know what I mean? Alright man, I'll talk to you later. Or everybody. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>